Hey everybody, before we get into this episode, I thought I would let you know that we have got a brand new podcast running at the moment and that is called Health Tech Pigeon. It's been running a few weeks and it brings you the top health tech news stories and analysis every single week. So I've got a newsletter that goes out every Sunday. It's called Health Tech Pigeon. And what we've done is we've turned that into a panel show. So you've got me, you've got Henry, you've got Jessica, you've got the rest of the Somex team on there. And what we're doing is we're breaking down some of the health tech news of the week, giving you lots of lovely insights and having a bit of fun while we do it. We also have guests join us. We've got clinicians, we've got investors, we've got entrepreneurs, all sorts of people from across the health tech space. And I thoroughly recommend you give that a listen. If you want to be a guest on that podcast, you can head over to an episode, head to the show notes. You can find the application in there. And if you don't already, subscribe to that newsletter at healthtechpigeon.com. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. Hey everybody, this week I'm joined by Amit Patel, and he is the founder of Peachy, the world's first truly digital health insurance product. Now, I have known Amit for a long time. Uh, He was previously an NHS doctor, previously a booper, and left there to found Peachy, obviously this uh, brand new, very modern digital health insurance provider. So first things first, you can go back and listen to Amit's full episode where you hear the whole story and he tells the story up to, I guess, their pre-launch in episode 115 of this podcast. And I've actually just finished the recording of this episode, but in this one, you're going to hear a little bit more about what Amit's been doing since that pre-launch all the way to getting this to market. Now, it's no mean feat, and I should say this in the episode, it's it's no mean feat getting any health tech product to market, but I think for for a health insurance product, I mean, it's even more difficult because of the financial regulations, FCA regulations, that sort of stuff being a bit of a burden and that's not to take anything from CE marking or FDA approval or anything like that, but I believe that the financial regulations are uh, a different beast. And so for Amit to have this idea and to push through it, um, it's pretty impressive. Obviously Amit's worked at Booper and he's obviously knows a lot of the larger incumbents quite well in their insurance products. And to cut a long story short, Amit's taken one look at this and just gone, Getting any sort of health insurance claim is really difficult. The large incumbents are very old with old processes. Why is there not a brand new modern system to do this? And I think, you know, when you start a startup, you use all these platforms like Slack and Notion and Asana and now Canva and all these different things that are just incredibly easy and straightforward to set up, all very modular APIs left, right and centre. And obviously for health insurance, for anyone that's kind of gone through that and trying to make a claim, it's just, it's all telephone based and just really old and just really difficult to even get cover, let alone get a claim and get a claim through and all this sort of stuff. So what he's gone and, what he's gone and built is basically just the modern version of health insurance and really aiming it at in part millennials and, and young people that obviously much more digitally literate and savvy and wanting everything on their phones and also to startups and SMEs, you want to get cover through and for employees and he's sort of targeting it at both. Now I've known Amit a long time and he uh, gave me a call to try it and give him some feedback. And 
all cards on table. I absolutely loved it. And I got cover really quickly. I've got a dashboard on my phone that just shows me like how much money I've got left for physio and for this and that and the other. It's really cool and really straightforward to get all that stuff. Now I'm not on payroll or anything like that, but um, after that I did ask Scamit if he wanted any content doing. <laughs> so we started working with him and I, their brand voice is absolutely hilarious. They've just got this really jokey tone. It's an absolute delight to do some of their content work and some of the Somex team have been doing that with him. But um wanted to have this chat to him because obviously getting a product to market is one thing, but I think the way that Amit has done this is really interesting and something that I think quite a lot of people in the health tech community can learn from, especially those of you that are looking to become entrepreneurs or that work in product. And there's a few things that um, there's a few things that he mentions about building a product and getting a product to connect with customers. He's obviously customer obsessed, as many people that build products are. That's not a new thing, but I wrote down a few words. He's incredibly details focused, which again is not too uncommon, but connection to his customers and personality of his product, of his business coming out and allowing that personality to really build that connection and really sell, I think is really done expertly here. One of the things that they've built into their product is this chat function um, that all of the chat is done in the app. You don't have to ring and you know stay on phone lines, all that sort of stuff. You can literally just open the chat and chat to people. But he said that they actually, um, they did their, they did a claim uh, recently, their first one, brand new product, obviously first claim a month or two ago. And they sent a GIF or a GIF, depending on how you pronounce that, uh, a celebratory one when they um, fortunately, you know, had their claim reimbursed and, and gave the money over. And he said it went down really well. And, you know, the, the customer really loved it. And I think that says a lot about the ability to do the basics really well. And I talk about this in the episode, but if, you, if you're really competent at what you do and you know you've done a really good job, you can then introduce this personality and this humor and it allows you to build that connection with customers even further. So I think that takes deep understanding of customers. It takes a deep obsession to getting everything right to then build on top of it with personality and humor. And I think that is uh, it's definitely something that we learn in client services as well in, in doing your job really well first and foremost and then you know, bringing that joy and delight on top. Um, I think it's a, it's a skilled place to be. And I think it's, I think Amit's done it really well. So we talk about that on this episode and practically how to do it. So for the entrepreneurs listening and for the people in product listening, I think it's one that um, you might hopefully take something from. So uh, yeah, really enjoyed this one with Amit. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it too. So Amit, welcome back to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm really well, thanks, James, and uh, thanks for having me on again. Oh, you're very welcome. What have you been up to since uh, you were last on? Because you were starting what was called Healthy back then. It was exciting times, probably very busy times. And uh, yeah, it looks like you've been pretty busy since. So uh, yeah, give us the rundown, man. What's been going on? Yeah, so um, we, we've we launched Peachy. Um, I think when, when we last spoke, uh, we weren't regulated. So we got FCA regulation um, an authorization to to kind of uh, launch the product. Uh, we did a soft launch in August um, and then opened up platform and quote and buy uh, late late August, early September, um, and have kind of launched in this sandbox environment um, that we've been accepted into uh, within the FCA, like uh, uh, regulatory sandbox. So it's been um, a really interesting time, you know, getting to market finally. 
So getting to market, I mean, yeah, interesting this. So I think getting any health tech product to market is, well, it's a road paved with many skeletons, isn't it, of people that have tried and failed, but also tried, got there, haven't managed to sell. There's all sorts of problems that are going to occur, even if you get there, especially with all the regulation for CE marks and FDA approvals and in your game, FCA, all sorts of regulatory hurdles for you. So now that you're here and you reflect on that journey, is this a, is this a journey you would go through again? Is, do, you, do you feel like you were well prepared to get here? Tell me about the journey of uh, getting cleared to this point. Yeah, I think it's like giving entrepreneurships, like giving yourself a, a prescription of bipolar disorder. I mean, frankly, there are highs and there are lows and it happens, you know, intraday, intra hour. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has happened, frankly, and it, it's it's been tough. COVID and three kids to homeschool. My dad died unexpectedly on the day that um, we got registration and, and got authorized with the FCA. You know, we had to bootstrap longer than we anticipated. Finding co-founders is always tough, uh, particularly um, those that you haven't worked with before, um, you know, trying to get them incorporated and brought into the vision. So um, I'm under no illusion that this is, you know, like I thought it was going to be a difficult journey, but not quite as hard as it has been for lots of reasons. But um, look, I'm grateful that we're kind of here and... I think um, for us as a team, it's built a lot of resilience. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say about your dad, man. I know we spoke about it before, but yeah, I mean, incredibly, incredibly tough time. But as you say, at least rewarding in part that you're now here. So I'm interested in this next bit now, which is, well, first of all, how do you describe Peachy? What do you, what do you actually call it as it is now? I think our kind of strap line for it is the UK's uh, first truly digital health insurance product. And as you know, we target millennials, micro and small businesses. So for now in the sandbox individuals, but as we exit, um, we'll release a, a micro and small business product. So the UK's first truly digital health insurance product. It's funny that you can get to what year we are now, nearly 2023 able for you guys to actually say that I, I find that strange with just the sheer volume of digital products in every facet of our lives you would think that with healthcare where it is the option for people to do this would be digital a lot sooner perhaps uh, or at least you know in existence seemingly not now, I'm interested because obviously you've worked in the NHS and you've seen the struggles that, that that system is under. Is that in part your motivation here? And I want you to talk about, I guess, your motivation, not, not necessarily for starting the company. I know that we've talked about this previously, but in terms of delivering this product in a way that will drive impact, can you talk about your motivations for how you've actually built this and why you've built this truly digital version? Yeah, I mean, um, look, I spent eight years at Bupa more recently as um, director of New Ventures. And, you know, I got phenomenal insight into the customer journey um, that an insurance customer goes through to actually access care. 
I mean, fundamentally, let's face it, that's that's what we buy insurance for. We want to access private healthcare, and it's a way of funding that. And it needs to be sort of uh, slick, quick, um, easy, all of these sorts of things. And it's nothing but that. Um, it's full of frustration, hanging on the phone, getting authorizations, you know, um, uh, getting bits of paper with advice on it. Um, it's just, it's just nothing like the immediate gratification of booking appointment electronically or transferring funds to someone that you need to pay on your Starling bank app. You know, it's, it's nothing but that at the moment. And, and historically it's been like that. And for me, that's been a major frustration because, you know, frankly, customers of of health insurance you know they really only exercise their plans when they're in need and and it's you know health or mental health issue and you know they're at their you know seemingly at their most vulnerable and it's been so frustrating for me to see people in that position not being able to get the care that they need quickly you know be in control of it um and and have a kind of seamless experience it shouldn't be tortuous um, and I guess fundamentally, that's it. You know, we, we're trying to bring a, a an ease around the access of of healthcare um, to to this, and and a simplicity in in the journey that doesn't it feels like just doesn't exist today. You know. So, from a product perspective, what goes into this in terms of building it in such a way that helps with that access and that ease and I guess what where you're what you're getting at is is this notion that it should be easy for me to get this cover if I want it. You mentioned actually a few a few examples there of like small businesses and freelancers and entrepreneurs. Like the, the, there are a certain cohort of people for whom if their business is their livelihood and their health is therefore very much attached to their earning potential in the short term. That, that it's obviously a relatively big deal and insurance being just that they're insuring you know themselves against these things that could happen that could put them out of work and i'm sure there's many other people that you guys serve and and different examples of it but that's an interesting one that sort of hits me and makes me think like "Mm, yeah okay so from a product perspective when you think about those people i mean do you guys think about it in those sorts of personas and and you think about what they might want and how, how do you go about optimizing this product to make it great for them yeah, I mean, we we initially started from a heuristic point of view, which is we've amassed a load of data um, through our own experience, you know, data points, how people want to be served, uh, what types of products um, would work, all of that kind of stuff. And we pen down, I guess, a prototypical customer journey, right, um, and, and proposition. And we went and tested those, uh, hypotheses, those journeys, those prototypical propositions with customers, real customers, people who are in the market who are looking for insurance, who fall into a particular set of personas, whether it's, you know, seem to be mums, young mums who uh, uh, have just had their first job, but have never um, uh, had private medical cover before, but have had recent interaction with the NHS, um, people who are portfolio professionals who've left corporate life where they had a full benefits package and now find that they don't have anything and to recreate what they have is quite a significant task not not least uh, quite a lot of expense um so and and micro and small businesses you know who again are 
sort of they, they don't have an HR function, but they want this um, protection for their small team and employees. They've got issues with uh, attracting talent, right? So how how do you get this talent in when when the conversation's just about money? You know, it, it shouldn't be. It should be about purpose. It should be about benefits and this kind of holistic, like looking after your employees. And I think we 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 basically took our our prototypes and pro- propositional prototypes to these sorts of people and actually started with like, what do you think of our proposition? What works? What doesn't work? How could you improve it? And we, you know, in in creating those propositions, not only did we use our own knowledge, but you know, we used a couple of techniques. I like to call them smash and grab and destroy and rebuild. So if if you were to go and analyze, which we did, a load of insurtech quote and buy journeys and customer flows when you actually have to go make a claim or administer a policy, what bits of those journeys are really delightful for the customer? And, and whether they're in health or some other vertical of insurance, or frankly, not even in insurance, right? Maybe it's in Starling Bank, how you apply for your bank account. And we we basically took the best bits of those journeys where they made sense. We imported them and made it into our own journey, right? So that's the kind of smash and grab bit. The other bit we thought about long and hard was, you know, if I had to destroy and rebuild a major health insurer in the UK from a proposition perspective but then also from a back-end operation perspective technical perspective all of that how would I do it right and and almost we we kind of thought of it front to back like that customer proposition bit but then okay if the customer proposition is in a particular way how is that delivered to the customer from a service perspective um, from a channel perspective from a technology point of view um, and the, these sorts of like processes are what led us to kind of uh, finalize our MVP in terms of how the proposition works and so forth. And obviously constantly iterating those things as we take the customer through. So, you know, ca- ca- will, will they really accept um, making us a, a claim for a low value treatment using video selfie? Like, is that a foreign thing or is that a thing that they would actually do? And, and as actually, do they find that more gratifying because it's quick? You know, we ask them to record a 30 second like video just explaining what happened rather than typing endlessly in forms. Right. So it, it, that's how we've defined our product and designed our product and the operating model that sits underneath. Obviously, a lot of thinking obviously has gone into that, and and we just haven't inherited products, right? We've we've, you know, if you look at our product, we've we've simplified it, right? So it's a month individual product is monthly, right? Auto renew, so to speak, cancel any time. So you're getting some of the elements of like a SaaS product that you might be buying that you can turn off, turn back on, change things around it. We're giving you the freedom to go where you want um, from a UK accredited provider, healthcare provider perspective. And we've got rid of excesses because we find that a defense strategy um, for insurers to kind of prevent you from going to get care when you need it. We've basically just priced it in. Um, And so therefore the barrier to access, right, is reduced. And actually the whole quote and buy journey gets much more simpler, right? 
So, I mean, honestly, you can check out on our product in 90 seconds, right? And and you're not overloaded with choices or um, information that you need to put into the product, which I think, you know, is is a real selling point for me. Um, and, and it's almost like a no regret move. I can buy it, see how it goes, cancel any time if I don't think it works for me. I think this is, there's a real teachable moment here, I think, for people listening that, either have health tech companies, work in health tech companies, or even just work in some way in, in product of this feels, it feels really purpose built, right? And as you say, built from the ground up, you've smashed and grabbed a few bits and bobs from elsewhere, but really you've, you've like you said, the second thing you said was what would, what would you do if you were to build this from scratch and just actually just remove all previous bias and how would you build this from the ground up that that is really interesting to me the other the other thing that's interesting to me that i think is teachable is you mentioned there in your smash and grab scenario you mentioned picking out the bits that are delightful for the customer now we talk a lot about solving problems and you can build a platform that solves a problem practically it can do all the things and you can go on it and do all the things but let's say i go to my asana and i tick off a couple of tasks if i tick off three or four or whatever it is or maybe it's random i don't know but a unicorn will just fly across the screen now that takes developer time that takes someone to have an idea and then figure out how to do it and then actually implement it and blah 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 and write the like the the problem was already solved. I had my task manager and I was able to tick things off. The problem was solved. They added something that was delightful and that gave it, gave it joy. It gave it personality. It just, it just made the experience of it joyous. Now, perhaps you can define making the experience joyous as a problem and solve that problem and think about it that way. Or you could think about it the other way, just add these things that bring delight. But I think that's a really interesting point that when you marry up breaking the whole thing down and building it up from the bottom again, but then with this notion and this philosophy of how do I delight people, that must get you to a really interesting place. So I'm I'm just interested in, I guess, your reflections on that and and how you bring the delight. Is that through... Is that more through UI UX? Is it through additional bits and bobs? Is it how the whole thing's put together? Because it might actually be that you turn around here and just say to me, well, to be honest, the delight just comes from actually just getting your problem solved incredibly quickly. And that's where that's where all the delight is because previously you're on the phone trying to make claims and getting told that that's nonsense and having to fight against it. Perhaps that's where all the joy is in this. I don't know. But I'm interested. You you tell me where does that delight bit come in in this rebuild of a digital insurance product? One of our values is that we we say we're like creative crusaders, and and that has a lot of <laughs> connotations. But what 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 we want to do is creatively solve for issues for the customer. Right now, that doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be overly complicated. It should be simple. Right. Um, and and so where, where we are, I think, is in the first incarnation of our product, which is our MVP, which is out right now, we just want to do the stuff that everyday health insurers don't do very well, right? Just, just make that work. So, for example, 
we went through loads of user research and talked to customers about hanging on the telephone line, talking to people, right? Getting rooted through multiple IVRs into a department and then having warm or cold transfers and all of that because you ended up in the wrong department. Then talking to someone and having to re repeat like um, your ID credentials before they could talk to you, right? Frustrating, right? Really frustrating. We don't have telephone lines, right? We, we, we've decided that we will, um, uh, or our hypothesis was that actually we could manage the service model through asynchronous chat in app, but omni-channel. So, you know, it collates your conversations and emails them to you as well. So the customer can either get onto the app, talk to us, or they can um, buy an app chat, or they can email us. Interestingly, you know, our ability to respond to those customers without wasting lots of time for them is, is really good. You know, it's their satisfaction around us being able to get back to them and getting their problem solved is better. Well, firstly, we, if, if it's a logged in user or email, it already identifies the customer. We don't have to re-authorize um, them or credit them and check their ID. We're not warm transferring um, you know, people from phone to another phone line. We just can deal with stuff. We can send attachments, we can send gifts. If you're talking about delight, you know, we um, processed our first claim uh, you know, about a month ago and we, we sent a GIF, you know, uh, a really exciting one to someone <laughs> and they were very complimentary about getting that back from a, you know, someone who's providing them with health insurance and paying a claim. So the, our first, there's this functional delight, if you like, just managing to do stuff that has been historically painful, but is not really creative in terms of finding a solution, just mm. getting that done, like contacting the insurer, making claim, cover checking, booking and getting your virtual GP consultation, right? Just simple stuff, seeing your benefit levels, um, downloading your plan in an instant. Those sorts of things I think are um, delightful, but hygiene. And, and they're only delightful because, you know, the, the, the current propositions of the market don't service in that way. Um, but you're right. I think as we iterate the product, there will be areas where we will be able to surprise out um, service the customer in a way that they weren't expecting. And that's where we, I, I feel we, we deliver, I don't know, love, emotional hooks, like really spark someone's um, love for our brand and the way we operate, right? And, and that we want them to feel that. We are customer obsessed. You know, I grew up in a shop, frankly, serving customers. That's what my dad did for a living. And, and the one thing he taught me is however you do it, you've got to delight the customer, whether it's your introduction and your good morning, whether it's the way you serve the change back to the customer, whether it's the fact that you know their name or you know the name of their dog or you pat their dog when they come into the shop. And I just think that that kind of um, ethos around service in, in the product, it just should form the fabric of it each time you think of it, right? And, and you don't need to be brilliant, as you say, delightful everywhere. But there are some points where you'll really capture people's love. And when you do, they're your best advocate. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And I, I particularly love, ironically, your, your use of the word love there as well. And I've, I've written three words here, and I'm going to go through them one by one. I've written the word details, first of all. Then I've written 
connection. Then I've written personality. I'm going to go through these. So details. I think this is really interesting about right from when you started talking about how practically you've gone about this to where you are now, because I think, well, you sound incredibly details focused. That story about being working in the shop and analyzing the customer and how you give the change back and knowing the name of their dog. This is all details. This is all attention to detail, which you and I both know is incredibly important in not only the startup game, but business game in general. That details focus means that I think you're set up to do the basics well. And not only the basics well, actually do the basics very well. You're meeting that demand of that customer at, at the very least, with your details focus, you are meeting the demands of that customer because you're obsessing about the details. I think that's a good thing. I think on top of that, with what you're talking about with those individual customers and what you know of them with those details, you're building connection. And I think it feels to me like with that details focus, with that connection that you're building with the customer because you're getting those details. And frankly, for this sort of product, you're giving, you know, it's the customer, you, get, you are giving away a lot of personal details and actually having some nice information back and, and some connection back actually makes that almost feel to me, I don't know, it's just hit me actually. That feels almost like a fair exchange of like, well, I've get, you know I'm this age and you know I'm this. So actually communicating gifts to me you know how old I am to appreciate that. You're probably not going to do that if they're a certain age and above, if they're not likely to receive well. And you can actually probably do the data to figure that out. That's That seems appropriate and a, and a good use of that detail, actually. But there's that. But then that third word of personality. And I think one thing that, you're, that you've set this up in terms of your brand to do this extremely well, of, of the personality that you bring and the brand voice that you have. Um, and I think it's based on the fact you can do all those basics really well. You can serve the customer and solve their problem. You can build a bit of a connection to them and you can then go and show your personality because sending a gift to someone when you haven't quite met their expectations is going to make the situation worse. You know, there's, there'd be nothing worse than getting off a four hour phone call, not having your claim reimbursed to the level that you were expecting and then be sold, you know, given a gif of like, oh, wasn't that wonderful? And like, you know, confetti everywhere and stuff. That wouldn't be really well received. You can only really do that if you're incredibly confident. And so what I guess like about your answer and I think what can be learned here from those things you talked about before about really knowing and delighting your customer is if you can get to a point where you're able to demonstrate that personality or you feel comfortable enough to demonstrate that personality, well, the chances are you've probably done the basics very well. So I kind of, I think that's kind of cool. And I like that. And I think, do you think, do you think that's transferable to other health tech companies? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, knowing your customer and contextualizing the way you serve them based on, you know, your journey um, with them, I think is really important. But yeah, of course, I mean, why shouldn't it be? And if we think like that, at the end of the day, you know, this most successful companies are the ones that evoke emotion. Take Apple. I mean, stuff just works, right? You know, pick up your phone <laughs> and you can turn it on, make a call, use WhatsApp. Like generally the stuff just works, right? And, and, and that, that's the emotional connection I've got with them, which is I see their, their logo and it's just stuff just works. You know, stellar looking stuff, 
great technology, all of that given, but it just, for me, it's just so functional and works. Um, and, and almost that's the type of connection you want to, to like start to create, whether it's just stuff just works or they're just there, or I can always just get access to healthcare through that product, whatever it might be. Um, you know, you, I think every company has to aspire to that and it should be transferable. Nice one, man. So I want to ask you now about a couple of models that you've got here and I guess your thoughts behind them and why you've gone down this route, but also I guess just flesh these out of me. So you've got you've got the individual's product and you've been talking about an SME product. So essentially a business product, which I imagine would be, you know, a perk for employees and that sort of thing. Um yeah, talking about those two models, why you've gone down that route, what they both look like. Um, yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah, um, so the the individual product obviously is set up for individuals, not companies, and that's a product we've got out at the moment. Um, you know, the way, way we look at this is there are a lot of um, people in the millennial age group that do not have cover, um, and, you know, we know millennials sort of generally spend... Um, already money on private healthcare, whether it is, you know, for mental health related um, consultations or cosmetics or whatever, um, their requirement for like a large uh, cover for hospital care is is not there, but but they still want some comfort. And so what we've tried to do is build a product that's more affordable, but has some of the basic elements um, in it that allows a customer to, to purchase and particularly targeting that kind of millennial age group. Now that's, as you know, it's not a homogeneous population. It's a very heterogeneous one. And our early kind of persona definitions, um, you know, come up with a load of different personas that we could target from, you know, the gig workers to the contractors that could be, you know, frankly, creatives, devs, software engineers, and, and others, frankly, like management consultants, so forth, um, to portfolio professionals who are older, perhaps in their career, mid-30s and upwards, who've dropped out of a corporate role to you know freelance work on their own or, in fact, start a company, and very many in between. So people who've had life events and interactions with the NHS, which may have been suboptimal, so particularly new mums or soon-to-be mums, they're an interesting cohort for us where they don't have insurance already as an individual or through their companies, they, they start to value private health insurance a lot more when things don't work out for them specifically when they interact with the NHS. Plus, they now have a child or are soon to have a child. I don't know, mums are kind of, they become a linchpin for the family, for a gateway for medical health you know, upwards and downwards and to the side so that they look after their husbands or what uh, are social partners, um, maybe look after, um, you know, the parents and, and obviously the kids. So these are like the types of personas that we're, we're kind of experimenting with to see what resonates and whether we can get traction. Um, and then, you know, it leads me nicely into sort of the, the kind of smaller end of businesses. So as you know, um, for a long time, people have been moving out of corporate and the SME segment, whether it's um, self-employed all the way up to like 30 to 50 employees, let's say, that segment of, of the workforce has been growing massively. And that's typically the segment where 
corporate benefits in in the way that we know them from corporate life they don't really exist um and people are actually quite busy um and so don't have dedicated people like hr or talent folk to look into this type of stuff and and here is where we want to make it super easy for um someone whether it's a ceo a startup co-founder whatever to come in and think about how they build a package for their um employee base and enable that package to grow with the more people that come into their business but befitting for the type of employee base that they've got so again typically we're looking at more youthful um companies at the smaller end so 30 and below might be high growth startups um you know technology focused companies uh, consultancy firms you know all of these types um and there are lots of routes to market to them whether it's through the vc companies that fund them or directly to them or or any of the above and i guess more creative ways um to reaching some of these people might be like how we might build a product that's bundled into a subscription for uh like a we work hot desk right how could you just include peachy as a perk wound up into that so you know these are the types of like um folk that we're trying to get after that is interesting man and i think again another interesting teachable moment here for uh the people that are exploring that similar business model because you are also exploring this business model of selling to employers right and actually broader than that you could include the hot desk providers you could include that there's many routes to this of of finding that way of generating a business model in the sort of one to many yeah in that one to many model but normally a model reserved for wellness companies and 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 companies like that but obviously you're on that journey too what are your learnings of of this business model and and any success that you've had with it thus far because it's it's an interesting segment you're going for as well because often when you hear about this business model they're like oh 500 employees plus or 1000 employees plus or that kind of thing because they just want the scale and probably because they're on the clock for vc money and all the rest of it but yeah you're actually targeting a different subset here you you said you know 30 and below and millennial employees it's it's quite it's quite an interesting subsection that you're going for there so yeah what and i know that it's because the product is obviously aimed you know very much in at that at that segment for for various reasons not least their digital literacy but yeah what about what have you learned about that business model in 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 going down this route yeah i mean it, it, we obviously we're very early in terms of reaching out to customers and 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 growing that base but i mean early learnings are that you know the demand for healthcare is quite high i think health insurance is quite high amongst certainly the customers we've been speaking to because you know there's a lot of noise in the nhs about waiting times um uh you know the the throughput in the nhs has changed and you know basically things are not going to be unwound easily things are going to get worse before they get better and you know so that that's one sort of motivator and driver i guess the other is um uh employees want their employers to like uh um not just walk the, not just talk the talk but walk the walk right so they they effectively want to say they care um 
but then they've got to deliver on that promise of being caring and you know flexible working and having a beer tap in your office and that kind of stuff it goes some way purpose and what the company's about and how it's going to go about doing its thing is another way but then also saying like we holistically care about you to the point at which we want to give you benefits that keep you safe prevent you from harm whether it is mental health or you know the fact that you've got a healthcare worry that you need to get sorted out like that's important um to the employee and the employer needs to demonstrate that but obviously productivity in small businesses if you've got a, um an employee that's out because they can't access the NHS for something that's not helpful in small tight teams so i'm i'm finding like there's there's quite a big demand for these types of products people are finding it difficult to rationalize between products like you know is it product x y z and how do they stack up or compare with each other um and you know there's a fine line between the marketing literature and the price point versus how you actually get served right once you bought that product and the bit you can't see is when you take the lid off and you actually have to you know get your service and someone has to honor a claim that's the bit where things change that's the stories you hear about you know I, you know any one of our potential competitors where um someone says well I, you know the authorization was declined i found out i had to pay a bill um i had to wait on the phone for ages i couldn't find my policy document like i had to look through five different apps before i realized which one had my i don't know access to virtual gp so it's all these sorts of things you know it comes out um and 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 so it, it is quite quite interesting even though like we're in a world where people are worried about the cost of living people are worried about like smes going out of business that kind of stuff the demand for this type of product still remains quite high in our view and experience so far yes and i have that <laughs> demand myself for various reasons physio is the one for me um spending fortunes correcting all of my uh, biomechanical mishaps as they arise when playing tennis and all sorts that my goodness um as you know because we've talked about it uh my cover for physio is something that I need. Um, but yeah, man, it, one thing that I do want to just touch on before we start wrapping this up is obviously you mentioned cost of living. You mentioned, well, we've talked about um, obviously the NHS being an incredibly difficult place with people having varied experiences at different parts in their life, both as parents, economically with where they're at, um, you you obviously being an ex NHS doctor as well, and working across the system. And I know that we talked about this in the previous podcast as well, but up to date thoughts on this are appreciated in terms of the impact that you're looking to have with this, because it's not for everyone. It's for certain people to solve a problem that they have, which has wider impacts down the road. Obviously, private healthcare has these connotations to it, um, and people you know have opinions on it and fair enough where do you stand on the impact that you're looking to make with peachy well first and foremost i think people you know healthcare um has undergone quite a lot of change right um information has become much more available and we've got i mean i hate the word patient first of all 
customers are more informed. And as they become more informed, they want to get involved in decision making. So we've moved, in my view, from a world where healthcare was very paternalistic, doctor tells you what to do and you just do it, to you have a dialogue with the customer and you explain the options and the rationales behind those options and enable them to be in a position where they can make a decision with some medical guidance, right? I think that's a different conversation. When that, when that, you know, the point at which that's happened and now has progressed and started to mature, customers want choice over where they go, who they see, what things they're going to have done. And our positioning in this is we're just offering customers choice. For those that don't want to stick in a particular pathway that they're in because they're impatient or they're being um, they're chasing their tail around what's wrong with them and they want answers or they're waiting for a scan. We want to give them a route that enable or a product that enables them to go another way and jump the queue and um, uh, a way that um, affect not just funds it because Peach is obviously fundamentally an insurance product, but um, how the experience around accessing that care gets better for them. It's more seamless. Um, uh, it's more understandable. They're involved and they're more in control. So that that's that's one part of it. The other part of it is the technology elements that we're building, whether it's like electronic booking into providers or um, you know uh, thinking about virtual care pathways or digital clinics. Those sorts of elements. You know, all of these are post MVP for us. But um, as we look to those things, those components, surely they can be leveraged whatever system we're in, whether we're in the private system or the public system. And so I guess where I'm going with that is Peachy for me um, is also about creating a digital infrastructure, right, that allows interoperability, um, allows um, servicing of a customer with ease digitally um, from one ecosystem uh, actor to another, whether it's a hospital group or a consultant or an insurer, right? And so um, I feel that w- whichever way you look at Peachy, we're helping the greater good um, by enabling people to basically have a more seamless customer journey, have more choice, better access, that kind of stuff. I do agree with that. So the bit that I like about that is this raising standards element. I, I think there where there is an establishment and and you can take this in healthcare insurance you can take this wherever you want right but where there is an establishment that that pretty much has a monopoly there's very little incentive to change because at the end of the day to create a digital offering would just be a lot of money they have the market share between the three four of them like none of them are doing it so what's the point like their demographic doesn't really care about it. Like there's, there's loads of reasons, but where there is this establishment and established way of doing things. And again, you can take this across the health tech space. There are so many examples of this across the health tech space with devices or, or all sorts, but this establishment with a monopoly that doesn't need to change where there is a challenger that comes along and forces everyone to think about it by turning heads I think it's only a good thing disrupting the space, dare I say the word, and actually going, there is a different way. And going back to that thing that you said right at the start about what, how would you build this if you just scrapped the whole lot and built it again? And you listed quite a lot of things there that I didn't write down, but there are so many different elements to this 
that completely actually change the way that the experience is delivered. And that is your focus here. And, and I think that should be the focus of anybody that's building products for health tech, because whether they're a patient or a customer, and I agree that customers certainly have more choice because they can choose to put their money elsewhere and patients often can't. And because that lack of choice means that lack of comp competition and therefore that lack of incentive to drive up standards. But in the way that you're going about this, being details focused, solving the problem, building connection, and then adding personality and bringing joy. I just think for anybody that's building a product that serves a patient or a customer, that is a pretty good framework for how to do it well. And it doesn't surprise me that Peachy's turning heads because when you consider the bigger healthcare insurance companies, and again, this could be a little device and you could be considering big medical device companies. It could be software and the big software companies turn their heads, but where where you start getting heads turned of like, who are these minnows over here that think that think they can do it better? Oh, actually, they have built it totally differently. They are sitting on a lot more infrastructure. They are they are built to scale. It, it can start to uh, it can start to get a bit hot under the collar, can't it? For a, for a few of the incumbents. Um, so I guess my, my question here, and and not to put you in a position that you don't want to answer the question, but have you seen have you seen some heads start turning? There are opportunities in the market to leverage, you know, platforms like us. The the more generic InsureTech as a service platforms, they're they're not domain specific. They're not designed for health insurance, in my view. They're designed for more generic lines of insurance like car, motor, um, home, and content, that kind of stuff. I think where where I think we've carved out our space is. We're, we're domain driven design and um our platform you know it's all the latest stuff it's cloud native serverless uh, modular api first you know all of the good stuff that everyone wants um in a platform um and and i think that that is the intriguing space plus with the added thing that we don't just sell the technology because we haven't done yet but we are operating a regulated new health insurance product on our technology today, right? I think that's the super exciting thing. And I think as we build um, more components, more features, more backend functionality, there will be more and more opportunity for us. And whether we do that on our own or whether we do that in partnership with others now early um, remains to be seen. But, you know, look, we're here and we're trying to do the right thing by the customer, how we access that customer, we're sort of agnostic to it at this stage. We can't be so proud as to say it's always gonna be the peachy brand and the peachy product. Actually, it's gonna change in markets and we might be just a platform provider. But what, what, you know, what, where we want to get to in our technologies, we wanna be the Amadeus of, of the healthcare industry, if you're familiar with Amadeus in the travel world, right? They're, they're, they're the company that create all the connectivity between hotels, um, hotel operators, the customer booking, um, flights, you know, all of that, that, you know, they power all these platforms, Expedia, whatnot, um, booking.com and, and, and so forth. And, and I see a role for us, you know, to, to do that if, if we get it right. Do you know what, mate? We talk a lot about people taking control of their healthcare, actually. And this is talked about a lot, and obviously in, in public NHS stuff, and people talk about a lot in, in, the, in the framework of um, holding their own data. It's talked about a lot there in terms of control. 
and having control over your data. So I've bought Peachy, I'm happy to say. You know, I've bought it for not only me, I've actually bought it for all of our employees. And I feel like I have control over my healthcare. Like when I go on it, I can see there's there's a, and you obviously you know this, but there's a slider as to how much money I've got left in each pot. So I know how much physio money I've got left immediately. And then I click it and I see a map of all the physios that I can go to. And I click the physio nearest me and book in and, and then it's all just taken care of. So I I go from this from from this place of like not knowing how I'm gonna get into the system. Am I gonna have to embellish my symptoms? And am I am I gonna be sat on this waiting list? All of a sudden I I've I feel like I can fix a problem and it's easier for me to do that. And I think there's there's this value here about control. And I can see why the demographics that you've talked about can really relate to that and receive value from that. Because of course, running my own business, like I have to just solve the problem quickly. And I feel like I have to solve the problem quickly. The ethical arguments aside around should anybody be able to skip the queue and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's one of those things that for me, I think I have more control over it. I have visibility of my journey as well. Another thing that's talked about with regard to data and all that sort of stuff, but I do literally have the visibility over what's going to happen to me. The date comes and then a chat function that talks me through it. So I don't feel alone in that journey at all. And so I think it's just going back to these points around solving the problem. I've had the problem solved, built connection. I feel like I've got a two-way dialogue and it's bringing personality, it's bringing those things. So it makes sense in a variety of ways. I think it's, I think it's a great product, man. Like as I say, I'm not afraid to say it at all. I think it, I think it really is. I think it is game changing. And when you talk about that complete rebuild and APIs and all these things that I'm not seeing as a user, right? All these things that mean that it's built differently, that matters because when it comes to delivering, like in a, from with my employer hat on, when it comes to delivering a benefit for the people that I employ, like I'm obviously going to pick the thing that's just easy and. It, communicates to me like any like all the like the hr platform that we choose it's just because it's modular and it's simple and it's straightforward and it's got a great dashboard like it's just i pick that because obviously like it has all those things and, and and this is the the well if i want health insurance my employees this is that right it's got a dashboard it's modular it's easy it's da, da, da. like you just pay for it and it's done like it, it's that and i don't have to go through the ball ache frankly of like dealing one of the bigger companies and the telephone calls and which which thing do you want uh, you know, it's just it's just different. It's just built differently, man. And I think where people are listening that have got products or building products, I think the aspiration here has to be that if you're going into an area that can be disrupted, disrupt. And take what Amit said there about if you had to build it from scratch, how would you build it? What would you do? And if that seems ridiculously hard, good, because actually... If it's hard, there's probably very few other people trying to do it. And if you manage to get to the other side of that complexity and that difficulty, you've built a moat behind you. All that regulatory hassle that you've had around FCA and around the sandbox and around all these all these different things you've got to do and like you, the boxes you've got to tick. Well, there's a moat behind you now in terms of this. And, and, and I don't think you'll be the last, by the way. I think there'll be plenty of others doing this and I actually you know I know there's others trying in the life insurance space for example these digital first products to try and get the younger generations through you, and you'll know this as well you know the people that I'm talking about but I think 
the success that you've had so far and, and frankly, just getting it to market, I think is a big deal. I think it's a big deal for the space. And like you said, uh, I, I think um, just the fact that you're there, it's the way that Elon Musk, like him or, or not, talked about electric cars. You know, if I just get Tesla in and around, if it forces everyone else to get electric cars and we go out of business, well, good, because we've made the world a better place. I think where you're pushing standards for products with good UI, good UX to solve a problem, bring personality and bring joy, whether it's health insurance, whether it's a medical device, whether it's software as a medical device, whether it's a service that you're building around some AI going into hospital, whatever it is, I think these are the principles that make a difference. So yeah, good luck to you, man. Thank you. Really appreciate that. If people want to get in touch with you, Amit, or they want to learn a bit more about what Peachy are up to, um, what is the best way for them to do so? Uh, they can look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, follow our Peachy page if you do. Um, and if you want to drop me an email, feel free to do that. It's ap at peachy.health. Awesome. Uh, thank you for joining me, mate. Um, here's, to the, here's to your third appearance on this, which will be, what, after exit in a couple of years? <laughs> awesome. I'm going to book that now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I need to get I need to get my shares in Peachy now. Um, all right, dude. Yeah, pleasure having you on, man. We'll, we'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight. Great to catch up again. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.